0: Learning to be happy with Da. Hello and welcome back. In this episode, I'm going to discuss some healthy and unhealthy ways of responding to your own feelings of sadness, hurt, and disappointment. This should help you to identify what you have been doing and what you could do differently. So, as always, the first step to working through your feelings is to recognize and name them. What exactly are you feeling? Are you feeling sad, disappointed, grief, despair, or depression? When you feel upset, Do you tend to become withdrawn and keep your thoughts and feelings to yourself? Or do you tend to find someone that you can tell about it? For those of us who like to share, it's often tempting to express your feelings right away. But it will help to pause and ask yourself these questions. Who do I want to tell and why? Do I want to vent or do I want advice? Given what I know of this person, what is their most likely reaction? Will their reaction give me some perspective and cheer me up? Or will they blow things up and make it seem more dramatic? As much as it may help to talk to someone who knows how you feel from their own experience, you still need to choose carefully. It's great to talk to someone who can understand, but you don't want to share your feelings with someone who will be negatively affected, who will be reminded of their own pain and feel worse off for hearing what you have to say. Not to mention that their fear or pity won't do that much to help you. So before you share, consider how this person has reacted in the past. Ideally, you share your feelings with someone who really wants to listen and who's capable of giving some practical advice, if that's what you're seeking. If you don't have a calm, insightful, and optimistic friend to hear you out, and offer some perspective, then you may be better off talking to a counselor or taking some time out to meditate and journal. All right, let's start by looking at some unhealthy responses you may have to feeling sad, hurt, or disappointed. If you've never practiced mindfulness and don't have experience examining your thoughts and feelings, it's likely you will respond to these feelings by one, not expressing your thoughts in a self-reflective way, and perhaps becoming withdrawn or despondent. Two, you may consciously or unconsciously hope that you're feeling upset and expressing it, whether with words or with silence or body language, will influence or manipulate the people around you. Three, if no one seems to recognize you're feeling hurt or upset, you may become passive aggressive, resentful, or angry. Four, you will seek to numb yourself With distractions like TV, smoking, drinking, exercise, and eating. In the worst-case scenario, the hurt gets worse as you indulge in a variety of negative thoughts. The thoughts and memories repeat in your mind over and over, building the emotion. These feelings reinforce or create a negative belief. For example, if you're disappointed with someone, you might conclude, they don't care about me, or If you're being really dramatic, you might even think, I never get what I want. Why do we do this? Well, more often than not, the negative conclusions we come to are meant to protect us in some way. Some part of us believes, for instance, that by thinking we can't trust someone, that it will protect us from feeling betrayed, deceived, or disappointed again. If we do not question these negative conclusions, these judgments, we're likely to become very biased in our observations. We become more likely to notice, remember, and make assumptions about things that confirm our negative beliefs. And we're less likely to notice or remember things that contradict those beliefs. Furthermore, by holding the situation or the other person as responsible for your feelings, the only strategies you have to manage these hard feelings is really to avoid them, by leaving the person or situation, or trying to control them. Not only does this rarely work, but since you haven't looked at what you really want, and why, it's likely that your own desires, your own attachment, will lead you to the same feeling of hurt and disappointment in the future, if not with the same person, then with someone else. Why? Because it's what you wanted from the other person that set up the conditions for you to feel hurt. If you want for nothing, you can't be disappointed. So what do you want, and why? Remember, we only crave for what we feel we do not have. So long as you're still searching for approval, acceptance, understanding, or love, it's probably because you feel you do not have it and you will recreate the conditions for disappointment, again, but with someone else. That is not to say everyone and everything is sure to disappoint you, but more often than not, the feeling we are lacking something in our life, or something in ourselves, doesn't go away when we get what we wanted. After all, every person in this world who feels unloved is loved, whether by their parents, their friends, or even strangers. But being loved alone doesn't change the way people see themselves. Getting what we want is not enough to make us happy. So, now that we have looked a bit at what we don't want to happen, we can look more closely at some healthy reactions. 1. If you're disappointed but feeling optimistic that you can still get what you want at some other time, then the sadness and disappointment may fade away. You might even feel motivated to work harder. For example, if your relationship didn't work out, but you feel optimistic that you'll meet someone else, then you may not feel hurt for very long. 2. You recognize and accept that you're feeling hurt. You don't seek distraction in TV, drinking, smoking, exercise, eating, or complaining. You sit with the feelings. You're uncomfortable at first, but you keep on sitting. Eventually, even though the feeling of hurt may remain, you feel less bothered by it. You don't feel like it's controlling you. You're not as likely to speak or act in ways that are passive-aggressive or intended to manipulate other people. It's even possible that by sitting with it long enough, it simply fades away. 3. You watch your thoughts carefully and notice how dramatic they are. You see yourself making assumptions and jumping to conclusions, You recognize these thoughts, or beliefs in the making, are meant to protect you, but you also see that they're not true. They are generalizations, and you can even see how believing these thoughts would only hurt you further. Now there is no risk of either forming or reinforcing negative beliefs because you know better than to trust the thoughts that you're having. Four, by asking the magic question, how, as in how did this make me feel upset, you remember that words and situations can't make you feel anything, since there are not feeling molecules entering your body. This reminds you that you're not helpless. You're not just a victim of the situation. There's something you can do, even if it's only a change in perspective. That change in perspective can help you to feel better and lead to a different reaction. By watching your mind carefully, you see the truth of this yourself. It's not just what has happened, but your thoughts about it that are making you upset. In seeing this, your desires change. You feel less obsessed about getting what you wanted or fixing the situation, and you become more interested in changing how you see things and being optimistic. Five, you're genuinely curious and interested in understanding the true cause of your feelings. You start asking questions while paying attention to your thoughts, feelings, and bodily sensations to see how you react to them. Your feelings don't lie, and it's paying attention to how certain thoughts, questions, and images make you feel that allows you to go deeper. These are some examples of questions you might ask. What did I want that I didn't get? Why is it so important to me that I get that? How would that make me happy? What would getting that help me to believe? How would it change the way I think? How would getting what I want affect the way I see myself? How would getting what I want affect the way I see my life? Sometimes being honest with ourselves regarding what we really wanted, like someone's love, affection, or approval, is enough to make the pain more bearable. When we also see that the past cannot be changed, and that wishing things were different than they are right now only serves to hurt us, then we start accepting our own and others' feelings. This is when we start accepting what has happened. All of this is made easier, of course, when we understand why we and other people do the things we do. And so another thing that's likely to come up is fear. It's possible that asking what you really want, why you want it, and how it could make you happy won't dissolve your craving. It will bring up fear. This is a good sign. It means you're going deeper. This means you believe on a very deep level that the thing you crave is absolutely pivotal to your personal well being. We'll talk about exploring fear and anxiety in another episode. One other thing worth mentioning is that there may be times you're holding on to pain, you feel hurt wronged, or disappointed, and you notice there's some part of you that doesn't want to let it go, that is almost proud of it, or making an identity out of it. You feel like a victim. In this case, it may help to ask, what would I gain by giving up the idea that I'm hurt and helpless? What would I lose by giving up the idea that I'm hurt and helpless? How does positioning myself as a victim serve me? Maybe there are benefits, a clear example being when we say we're not smart enough, strong enough, or brave enough to do something, then we don't have to try. Like I said, our limiting beliefs are intended to protect us, though they may not do so. But what better way to ensure you're not disappointed in yourself, for example, than to never try? To overcome this reluctance to change the way we see ourselves We must rely on love and compassion. Love says, I want more for myself. I want to live my best life. We affect others in everything we think, feel, say, and do, whether for better or worse. There is no way of going through life without affecting others. And other people need you. They need you to be strong. They want you to be happy. Being happy isn't selfish, for it fulfills the wish of everyone who loves us. So dig inside and find this loving motivation. There is no time like the present to take on a new perspective. And I hope that's given you some tools for exploring feelings of sadness, of hurt or rejection, of disappointment. As I said, we will look at exploring fear and anxiety in another episode to go even deeper. Don't forget to check out the Learning to Be Happy Facebook group and my website, www.theheartchakra.ca, where you can find affordable counseling and spiritual healing services online or in person. Catch you next time. Bye.